Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, why is it that why is it that electricity was so elusive to us for like centuries? How did it how did it take such a long time hundreds thousands of years with no clue about electricity let alone electronics how how did such a powerful thing i mean electricity and electronics are fundamental to our culture today but yet nothing <laughs> Not, nothing for a very very long time and the first experiments were uh, with electricity it was seen as such a subtle force you know i don't um i don't always share about some of my experiences working with electricity and electronics but um, I guess every once in a while it might help to share. So I've worked in broadcast television for over 40 years. And we would make a million watts of RF power out the antenna 24-7. Our power bill was $7,000 a month for all this power, all this power, power, raw power. And I'm talking about electricity. It was our electricity bill that would make a million watts of power. So I'm I'm gonna share a holy crap moment. I was on top of a mountain where most TV transmitters are here in Colorado, the United States. And the way we would make this power is we would we had these 32,000 volt power supplies. And when you, uh, I need to quantify the electrical service. So I can stick a wire in my outlet here in the house, I can stick a wire in the outlet and blow the fuse and not a lot happens because the electrical service is residential and it doesn't have a lot of power behind it. But the power I worked with with was industrial grade electricity. So on a mountaintop, you can have multiple million watt transmitters and the the electric company brings in an extremely high power electrical service. So if more um, broadcasters wanted to add three or four more million watt transmitters on top of the hill, there was power there. So I, I don't want to get carried away, but I want to share this with you. So we're trying to fix this 32,000 volt power supply. And uh, 
We create it with three-phase 480 volts into a transformer that steps it up to 32,000 volts. Well, the 480 volts has insane amounts of instantaneous current, tens of thousands of amps. And so I'm, uh, I'm trying to fix this power supply and uh, I get one of those little cheap neon bulb testers that just tell you if voltage is there. And I look at it and it says it's rated to 500 volts. I'm testing 480. That should be good. And I, I walk up to the 480 volt power panel with insane amounts of instantaneous current. And a sentence pops in my head. Because normally I just lay the tester in one hand and then I can just probe it around. The sentence said, use both hands. Okay, I'm, I'm feet away. I'm seconds away from, from connecting with this power. So it was resting in the palm of my hand. And now I, I take a lead in either hand and the tester is right in between my hands. And I go up and I put it on the 480 volts. Boom! I can't make a sound loud enough. There was a bright flash. There was uh, there was a white ball of light in between my hands. The tester vaporized. It just vaporized. It burnt my shirt. It had it been laying on my hand, it would have blew a hole in my hand. My angels or somebody was watching out for me, telling me to use both hands. So the leads were brass. Brass melts at uh, 1,700 degrees Fahrenheit. The tips were melted. In that fraction of a second, there was so much power there that it vaporized the tester. Now, this whole introduction, I've been talking about electricity. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> there's, there's so much power to electricity there's insane amounts of power in electricity, but it went elusive. Electricity was elusive to the human, the human understanding. And now we're all using electricity on some form of a device to listen to the show. <laughs> How curious is that? The reason I use this example in this opening is that consciousness, your consciousness, it can seem like such a subtle energy. Your consciousness can seem like, you know, huh, whatever. I'm used to it. I've seen it. I've been here. I am here. This is me. And it can seem real familiar, but in our mythology, there's people like Jesus and Buddha and Krishna, and and uh, and they go around and they perform miracles. And I suggest to you the engine, the power behind that is consciousness, your consciousness, my consciousness. So I want you to to. When we talk about subtle energy tonight, imagine those first experiments about discovering electricity 
And then fast forward uh, um, with enough time that your consciousness, just like electricity, can be extremely powerful. I know this firsthand. Your consciousness can be a very powerful modality in this moment, in this instant. So I'm super stoked for tonight's show. The topic tonight, science, subtle energies, and spirituality, a path to I am. And our guest tonight is Dr. Jerry Jim. We're going to bring Jerry on in just a minute, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about t- tonight's episode because we're going to look at we're going to look at the idea of the power of consciousness and how elusive it is, how, it il- how elusive it is, even though um, we've been told by the sages and saviors of the past that every single one of us will eventually evolve to the, to the realm of what we would call miracles now, what we would call um, unusual or, or, I don't know, supernormal. That's kind of a weird word, but you, I think you understand what I'm talking about. I think we should get to it because we're going to have a lot of content. Again, tonight, the topic is science, subtle energies, and spirituality, a path to I am. Science, spirituality, and subtle energies welcomes us to this invisible but potent world, offering not just explanations and illustrations, but also hands-on exercises to experience subtle energies directly, as well as unique affirmations to attune us to our highest I am being. The title of Tonight's show is the name of Jerry Jin's book. Our guest tonight, Jerry Jin, has a PhD in biochemistry, has spent more than 50 years in the pharmaceutical diagnostic laboratory medicine and biotechnology industries. Passionate interests have been in the arenas of mind, being, consciousness and the nature of reality. He is the author of The Seeker and the Teacher of Light and tonight's book, Science, Subtle Energies and Spiritualities, The Path to I Am. You can learn more about Jerry at jerryjin.com. He also has a YouTube channel. Join me in welcoming Dr. Jerry Jin to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, am I on right now? You sure are. Okay. Okay. That's uh, wonderful. And I'm happy to be here and to talk about uh, not just subtle energies, which is are everywhere, but uh, that will lead you to a better understanding of who you and everyone else is, and that is your I am. 
Uh, everyone thinks of themselves when they say I am as the ego I am. Uh, but when I say I am with a capital I and capital A-M, that is the essence of, of who you are. And that is the preface with regard to uh, getting into the subtle energies, uh, because I think subtle energies, once you understand that uh, and how to use that, will give you proof of the I am. It'll increase your vibrational uh, rate and will also lead you to the center of stillness that you re that you uh, go into when you're in deep meditation. So uh, with that, I'll jump into subtle energies. Unless you have another question, uh, that, that uh, was I'll, I'll that that was exactly my question. What are subtle energies? Okay. Well, let me talk about subtle energies and what they are and what they're not. Uh, you've been talking about uh, the electromagnetic world, and there's a spectrum uh, with the electromagnetic world that's uh, based on wavelengths and frequency. And so you have the X-rays and you have the radio waves, etc. There's another uh, level of uh, vibration, and that's the vibration, the subtle vibrational world. And it gets some of its names from uh, the field of radiesthesia, where uh, you can uh, get the names and you can have resonance with various colors. And, and I'll get into that in a few minutes when I talk about how you detect subtle energies. But subtle energies, everything you see, touch, feel, has subtle energies associated with it. So it's not a rare thing. Is something that is there everywhere that uh, your conscious mind just like you don't see the electricity so you don't know it's there uh, the subtle energies are there and all you need are the tools to look at it and we have the tools people don't understand the tools just yet but I'll describe how you use those tools to detect and you can even measure the subtle energies and you can change things and you can see those changes but the chair you're sitting on, the computer screen you're looking at, the phone you're holding, all have subtle energies. And your right brain actually resonates with those energies, and that's the reason you can detect them. Your left brain cannot do that. They, your left brain sees the, uh, you know, hears the words and, and sees the visible spectrum uh, but the invisible spectrum is there, and your right brain sees that. And it can communicate that if you know how to do it. And many people have used different words in the past uh, to cite the name subtle energy. And Bill Tiller, uh, who was at Stanford, named it subtle energy. But you may know it as chi, you may know it as torsion, you may know it as scalar. And a dozen different names, uh, but they're talking about something that is very, very similar. Uh, one question is, how are subtle energies related to who you are, your I am essence? Well, it is part of who you are, and by measuring it, uh, you're actually 
I'll, I'll teach you later on to state some affirmations and your um, vibrational rate goes up. And if you know some of the techniques that I'll, I'll teach you tonight, you can actually watch that vibrational go up, rate go up. And, uh, and you use something called a pendulum and, a, and you're using a study that is called radiesthesia. But it allows you to look at that and your rate will go up and not only will your rate go up, but if you repeat some affirmations a few times, just as in meditation, you reach the center of stillness. If, you, if you're a meditator, you know this is what I'm talking about because as you meditate, suddenly uh, you reach an area where uh, everything is still and time just passes very quickly. And you can reach that using the techniques that I'll talk about later on uh, and within minutes. Uh, so so, so what you're that, saying, yeah. what, you're, what you're saying then is uh, we're experiencing subtle energies all the time. We're in a sea of subtle energy and, and we're wired our, our body, our persona has the ability to sense subtle energy. And so you're talking about um, uh, using affirmations to, in a short period of time, uh, shift the subtle energy experience within yourself to take something that you might have ignored for decades of your life and and through these processes become more conscious of it is that right yeah your i am essence will vibrate at a higher level as you approach it until you reach that center and then there's uh, a center of silence or a center all motion stops at that point in time and you can also find the your there's something called a personal wavelength and i'll teach you how to reach that and uh, you can determine the wavelength of yourself uh, the subtle energy that relates to you and when you do that uh, you can determine if other things will be in resonance with you whether it be a food uh, a mineral or essential oil or a supplement you'll know if it's good or bad for you by the resonance of uh, your subtle energy uh, of your personal wavelength. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing tool, an amazing way to, to look at things. And everyone can do it. Thousands of people do it all over the world. Those who have studied the field of biogeometry know all about that. Uh, and uh, there are thousands upon thousands of folks who do that. So it's not... It's a science, and I'll tell you why it's a science. Because the next, next point that I thought I'd talk about is how can you detect and measure this? Because Jerry's just talking, saying words, but how do you go about doing that? And there is a science that uh, surrounds that. And the science is uh, the science of resonance. If you strike a tuning fork, it will vibrate. And every octave above and below that will vibrate. That is resonance. 
you have if you have a monochord, which is a stringed instrument uh, with one string, uh, you put the string, it vibrates. But every monochord of different octaves, so the string length could be half or twice the string length, those will also vibrate. So you're, we're going to be using the concept of resonance to identify and detect the subtle energies. And it's in the field of radiesthesia, which is the science of doing all of this, and bow geometry derives from the field of radiesthesia, uh, what you have in the string, if you have a monochord, you have the length of the string between two fixed points. That length of the string will determine the note. And that way, that string is called a wavelength. If you have a pendulum and using that as a tool, what you're doing is you have two fixed points, just like with the monochord. You have your finger, usually the uh, it's a, your thumb and index finger of the right hand holding a string, and you have a weight at the end of the string, and that's the other fixed point. So what happens is that you want to find the resonance of a subtle energy uh, based upon the wavelength, the length of the string. So therefore, what you do is you hold the pendulum at next to the weight, you slip your fingers upstream, little by little. You inch it forward a millimeter at a time, and you start a to-and-fro motion. You're not thinking of anything else other than you're aware, and you're trying to find um, the wavelength, let's say, for color red. You have a color chart there, and it's, you want to find the wave the subtle energy of the color red. You slip your fingers up that string, and at some point, the to and fro motion will change to a clockwise motion. And that clockwise motion gives you the resonance point of that color red. If you do that and move over to the color black or green, it won't rotate. It'll only rotate with the color red because now you're in resonance with the color red. With yourself, if you want your own personal wavelength, you do the same thing. You hold the pendulum at the where the weight is and slip your fingers up on it on the back of your left hand. And you start this to and fro motion. And as you move up that uh, pendulum, at some point, the pendulum will go clockwise that is the wavelength of you. And that is the wavelength and the frequency of how ra rapidly that uh, uh, pendulum rotates uh, indicates your vibrational level. And if you go ahead and state an affirmation at that point in time, one of Joachim Whippich's affirmations, and I'll teach you that at the very end, that pendulum will start rotating faster and faster. Repeat it a few more times, and if you truly can get into that center of stillness, the pendulum will just stop. And everything is stopped, 
and you feel that that stillness that is there. And this is immediate proof of who you are and what you what you're doing, and uh, that you are in your I am essence at that point in time. So your right brain can see can what's happening, and, and as you do this, and what's happening in radiesthesia is that your right brain observes all these subtle energies, and when it's in resonance with it, because the pendulum is a focusing device, it's, you're using that in your right brain to focus in on the wavelength of you or the red color or whatever it is that you want to, to measure. Your left brain cannot see that and cannot detect that. The right brain can send a message and that message will result in energy flows within your body and your muscles uh, and nerves will cause the pendulum to go clockwise. If you're not in resonance with something, like if you're looking at a food and you do your personal wavelength and that food's gonna cause you problems, that pendulum will go counterclockwise. Your conscious mind does not know that, so you'll eat that food and get sick. Your right brain knows that and may be trying to send you a message, but with a pendulum, it can do that. And I'll tell you why counterclockwise and clockwise in a few minutes. But uh, that is what you're trying to do uh, in terms of detecting it. And you can measure the amount of this because in the field of biogeometry, there are ways to inhibit these energy flows and uh, you can get relative units of, of subtle energies. And I can create subtle energies that are a million versus uh, uh, a thousand or two thousand. And it depends upon what uh, you do. It's all about the study of this new field of subtle energies, radiesthesia, and biogeometry in a new field that I've invented called 369. Well, it, it, it sounds like, um, uh, so, so you're talking about using a pendulum and you're, you, you, you're using the color red. So when I say you, your own consciousness is a, a part of this equation. So, for example, if I have a color chart and I've got eight colors and I've got a pendulum, it's the color I put my attention on that discerns the behavior of the pendulum. So uh, th there's got to be an element of focus here. If I'm scatterbrained and I'm changing which color I'm paying attention to, the pendulum will get scatterbrained too, <laughs> sort of, wouldn't it? Yeah, you, 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 you have to go with whatever it is. Uh, you're you're not trying to say I'm going to make the pendulum go clockwise or counterclockwise or anything else. That's thinking. What you're doing is letting the uh, you're you know that you're looking at the color red and you want to know the uh, uh, the subtle energy of it. So you're trying to get the string length uh, to resonate uh, with that, and that's all you're really doing. It is right. You are the tool, and uh, in science and quantum mechanics or quantum physics, it's the observer is going to make that uh, uh, electricity or electron or whatever you want to look at, um, whether it be considered a wave or a particle. 
and that's quantum uh, physics. You're doing the same thing here. Uh, you, the observer is key, so you're not using an instrument that's uh, electromagnetic base because you are the instrument. The pendulum is a focusing device. Nice. And you're using that for that purpose. And that's all it is. And it's very simple and it's doable and everyone can do it. It takes a little bit of practice. If you study biogeometry, there are courses in it. Or if you listen to some of my YouTube, you'll, you can learn how to do this. Well, very nice. Hey, keep I'll, going. Uh, if you want me, I can go. Okay, I'll keep going then. Um, in my books, I talk about subtle energies and biogeometry and an energy called BG3 and another energy called 369. It's probably worthwhile to uh, describe that. Uh, biogeometry teaches about, it's really called the science of establishing harmony between biological fields and their environment through the use of design, language, of color, form, motion, and sound. And I'm quoting from Ibrahim Karim, the founder of uh, biogeometry. And he studied radiesthesia, uh, and uh, uh, his findings are amazing. It turns out that you can detect the energy of harmony. And the energy of harmony, he gave it a name, BG3, standing for biogeometry 3, because it had three components to it. It's one quality, but uh, if you look at the color charts, uh, it, it looks at, the, you can find the harmonics of three in quotes, colors, the harmonics of gold, ultraviolet, and a color called negative green, which is not a real color, and, but I can describe that later on to you if you want. But that has the energy of harmony. If you bring harmony into a situation, you're healing somebody, and you want harmony uh, to be there, you can increase the levels of BG3 uh, by doing various things, and uh, that will help in the uh, healing process. And so BG3 is um, uh, a, an, a harm, harmony energy. And he proved that this does all sorts of wonderful things. Uh, everyone knows that EMF, uh, electromagnetic fields, uh, is harmful to humans and to animals. Uh, and Ibrahim Karim actually uh, harmonize the EMF of two cities, Hamburg and Hersenburg in Switzerland from EMF. And he created what's called the Hamburg emitter that concentrated on sending a, it was just a device, uh, I had a picture, I'd show it to you, uh, that was directed at the, and again, it's not an electronic thing, so it's just a, a shape, and the shape um, he created, was able to harmonize the EMF, and therefore the people in the city who were being affected were harmonized, and the effect no longer was there for them. He did the same thing with hepatitis. They had a study in, in Egypt, uh, a national study of looking at all the best drugs from the West and the East, and they allowed him to um, use biogeometry and use what's called biosignatures which are shapes, and the shapes were in resonance with uh, the uh, liver. And you look at the liver enzymes in, in hepatitis, and of all the drugs that are out there, the best result 
that he got from that everyone got from uh, in the study were in fact from uh, uh, for hepatitis were from the bile geometry bile signature. So this stuff works. Let me jump quickly to another energy called 369 energies because this has uh, some lessons in there also. It's it's an energy that uh, I observed and. Uh, what happened was that I heard, I read about Nikola Tesla, and he's well known for a statement, if you only knew the magnificence of 369, you'd have the key to the universe. Well, I always wondered about that. And then during a lecture, I saw a picture of the torus with the energies going around and through the torus. So it's a circle. A torus is nothing more than a donut shape. And the energies go through the center, and the energies flow around it. So that's the reason for a bigger circle and two smaller circles within the bigger circle. And that represents the torus. And I saw in that the figure 369, because the smallest circle and the bigger circle, if you follow it and trace it, you see a 6 and you see a 9. And the two smallest circles coming together it's an infinity shape, but half of the infinity shape is a three. I said, oh, that's very interesting. And I decided to look at the BG3 energies of it, the harmony energy, and see if it's there. It was not there. But then I knew something else. I knew about the work of Walter Russell. He was a polymath, very well-known uh, sculptor, artist. But he had an out-of-body experience. And in that out-of-body experience, he spoke with God, or God downloaded information to him, or he information was there. And what he observed was that creation is a vortex of light, and that vortex of light is a centripetal clockwise motion to a center. It's actually two... Uh, lights, one going from the bottom, one going, uh, coming in from the top, and they both come in towards the center, and the motion is very rapid, approximately the speed of light. And at the center, there's an equilibrium, and that is what we call matter. Uh, and that's come around to being more accepted. If you read the works of Nassim Harriman, and he's a quantum physicist, he says that everything from the atom to the galaxies are in fact toruses, and he talks about them as being double toruses, again, the two vortexes. And once a motion goes into the center clockwise to create matter, it breaks down. That breakdown of matter the motion goes counterclockwise. It's actually the same motion, but I'm looking at it from the other side. It's counterclockwise. And so the counterclockwise motion is a motion of decay. So everything is created and decays all the time. That is all matter is. Everything is of that nature. The dust that you're... Uh, looking uh, that may be in front of you, the chair you're sitting at, your body is all of this nature. 
and everything is of that nature. So, and everything has consciousness. And therefore, the rock, the tree, etc., has its own level of consciousness. You fortunately have a lot high level of consciousness, and therefore you discern much, much more. But everything is therefore of God. And God is all thought creation. Everything is a thought creation. Everything is thoughts. And these motions, etc., are all part of the motion and thought that makes everything the way they are. The 369, it turns out, has a vibrational energy associated, an association of uh, the creation energies. And I found that if I made a pendulum that had 369 on it, and I usually use three lines, six lines, and nine lines written in, in that order. Uh, it could be dots. But the universe looks at uh, units as, uh, looks at units. You can uh, write the number six and nine, and that's a curve. That's a spiral curve of, of six and nine, and that works. But you can use that pendulum to look at the energies of three, six, nine. The, uh, the pendulum that you look at for bowel geometry for the BG3 is an energy of harmony, and the various things uh, can come into harmony. Certain numbers uh, come into create this energy. Number 16 creates that energy, for example. So if you have a pendulum with 16 uh, circles around it, which is a BG3 pendulum, it'll be in resonance with the energy of BG3. That sort of describes what uh, these uh, principles are of 369 subtle energies and the energies of, of uh, creation. So I, I really, I really like how you're you're breaking down the uh, perhaps elusive nature of subtle energy, because so often we live our day in a in a not so subtle way. <laughs> We're in a hurry. We've got things to do, and. All the while we're in a we're in a field of of this subtle energy, and I like I mentioned in the intro, I think the some of the elusive power of of our persona, our consciousness, um, is has been ignored in the past. And so for you to verbalize what you've done so well, the the kind of the subtle mechanics of uh, how you're using the, the pendulum, for example, to convey to your mind, not using your mind, but to convey to your mind the resonant point of of like food you're thinking of ingesting or buying of, I mean, how can we take this, uh, this modality, this interaction, if you will, with the subtle energy field and apply it to our day? Well, uh, the, the most uh, evident way of applying it is uh, everything you buy and eat and uh, drink, uh, if you know it's in resonance with you and that's an easy thing to test, that is a direct application of it. 
but the more important application is uh, being in your I am essence uh, because that is your true home uh, when you're at I you're you're at the I am state. And Yohim teaches that you don't want to be away from home more than a few minutes an hour. Uh, so he lives a life that is home in his I am essence. And everything surrounding him is in this area of silence. Uh, and uh, he's in the center of that uh, more often than not. Uh, so that is, uh, those are all very good things to do. And I think those are how you uh, use it. Uh, uh, and knowing who you really, really are. You can do other things. You can harmonize things, and I'll teach you that in just a few minutes. Uh, and, uh, you can do things. Uh, healing. Um, you know, my my wife had uh, her arthritis bothering her, and I created, um, uh, I copied energies onto a wristband, and you can do these things once you understand what you're doing. Uh, I create. I I downloaded, uh, permanently copied some uh, of the energies of, of the I am into a wristband. She wore it overnight, and the following day, uh, her arthritis uh, went away. I'm not saying that works for everybody. I'm not saying anything, but I'm saying that uh, everything is thoughts, and depending upon where your thoughts are and where you are in life, and how you look at things, and how everything and where your limitations are, things happen. Uh, yeah, I love uh, Greg Braden's uh, video that shows him uh, uh, a person has cancer, they're looking at an ultrasound, the Chinese doctors are chanting, it's not there, uh, there's nothing there, nothing there, and within minutes, the cancer lump goes away. And so everything is thoughts. And uh, so, uh, that's just uh, how things are, uh, I, I believe. I can talk about a few other things if you want. Uh, sure. Uh, depends on what uh, you'd like me to do. One thought uh, I th- that people might be interested in is the fourth state of matter, which is GANs or ORMAS, um, you know, since they're gas in the nanostate. And the reason I'm talking about that is that's uh, a direct proof of the nature of what I'm talking about, that all matter is of uh, the vortex nature. Uh, GAN stands for gas in the nanostate, and it's, um, you can make that in an example, in Ormus, you can make very easily with just salt water, sea salt. Uh, but um, let's take a copper to, uh, uh, wire, put a flame on it, and you get this, this black coating. This black coating is not an oxidation state of the copper. Um, it's called the nanostate of matter, and it's uh, it's monatomic copper, and you can free that from the copper, and if you free that and it's in water, uh, it's called gas in the nanostate. And all these particles behave like magnets. They're all separate. Uh, they separate from each other. And the reason for that happening is that uh, all of that, well, let's talk about a magnet. If you have a magnet and uh, you put uh, some disc magnets on a table, you can position it and it'll, you can think, oh, north-south, and they'll sort of jut a position until they're in equilibrium and they're not touching each other. So if you want move one, another one moves. Well, the same thing happens with uh, Ormus or, or GANs. 
because magnets are nothing more than uh, gravitational fields in and magnetic uh, pushes out. So there's a push out, pull in, and that's what matter is, and that's what a vortex is. A magnet is exactly the same thing. And therefore, a magnet uh, or ormus will, uh, if you position it like four ormus vials or four Gans vials in a square, in between the, the in, within the square, you'll find everything is adjusted in terms of uh, uh, its positioning, and it becomes harmonized. And so you get VG3 and you get 369 energy. Too. The Ormus itself, uh, this fourth state of matter, does not have VG3 energy associated with it. But when you put it into a, a format, uh, a perimeter, it will have that. But it does have the 369 energy. So without the VG3 energy, Ormus and, and uh, Gans has 369 energy. So I just thought that was interesting because it's uh, – in a certain sense, a physics proof of uh, what I'm, I'm saying, um, in addition to the fact that you can detect it and you can do things uh, with, with these uh, energies. And that's the other thing I should talk about also. Um, we can work with subtle energies, and we all sort of know it to a degree um, Joachim teaches that you just put your hands around a, cup, a glass of water for a minute or 45 seconds, and if, you're, if you know how to measure the energies of it, uh, the energies will actually go from around 200, which is tap water, to around 1,200, uh, and you can measure that, but you can taste that. Uh, your tasting ability to know tap water that has been harmonized versus non-harmonized is there. The beauty of this uh, thing is that you can state an affirmation, bring yourself to a higher level of vibration, and then you can make a statement, I am blessing this water. And the water immediately jumps from, if it's at 200 for tap water, it jumps to a million, a huge number. Uh, it goes way above the 1,200 because you're now stating who you really are, the essence of yourself. And that is something that you can do and prove and taste the water, and it's there. Another thing that you can do that I find uh, very intriguing uh, is that you can take that field. Let's say you have the four ormus vials, and four magnets uh, will do the same thing. Uh, uh, because it will create this BG3 in the center, or 369. The fields are, the energies uh, have identical numbers a lot of times, but they're not identical uh, things. But you can take that energy that's within this, the four Ormus vials, and you can say, and just, just a thought, or you can say it out loud, I am moving the energy to this spot, you move it to another spot on the table, and you'll find that the subtle energy that was there now has moved to the other location. And you then use your pendulums to detect it as the energy is now there. So now you've 
are able to do that and you can see that happening. And then you put a vial of water in that where that energy is and watch that energy change the BG3 or 369 energy of that water and you watch the kinetics of that. Uh, you can actually measure it move from uh, 200, 300, 400, 500, 1,000. Uh, it's there. The other amazing thing, and that's how I did it with uh, when I was working with my wife, uh, I, I just said that um, it turns out that if you now move the vial of Ormus, then all, all these seals collapse. You have to sort of leave things there the way they are. Even when you say you bust something, if you move things, if, if your mind is now no longer at the I am level, it sort of disappears. But you make a statement. I am permanently, I'm copying this energy, this I am energy or this energy of, of the OM or whatever it is that you want to, you're working with. I place it here. In my case, I placed it on a wristband. And it's there. And you can detect it. Because I copied it permanently, it'll stay there until I wash that wristband. It's amazing things. So that is something that I thought uh, people should be, you know, it, it, these are amazing things, and much of it is described in, in my book. But uh, let me talk about one other thing that I think is important uh, before we run out of time, because I know that uh, we're getting close to an hour already. But I sort of want to leave you with uh, uh, some aff an affirmation and that affirmation will increase your vibrational level. And uh, before I state the affirmation, I'm going to define a, a, a word, rethink. People don't use that word rethink very often. People think in a linear manner. So people think, oh, I'm a conservative. Uh, I am Asian, I am Republican, uh, whatever it is that uh, they, they are thinking about. And that leads you down a particular path. And they sometimes lock into that path because they label themselves that path. They therefore think that is the right way to think about things. Words are magical. And your mind, choosing by choosing the words properly, Follow those words in your thinking. So the word rethink is very, very important. Rethink is a word that spirals you in to wherever you want to go in those thoughts. If you're thinking about your I am essence and you can't fathom what an I am essence is, well, by rethinking I am, you spiral yourself into that uh, state and that's very, very important. So a very simple affirmation, you can repeat it. And I like to repeat things three times, six times, nine times. But just repeating it three times, even once, changes a person. So it's a very simple affirmation. I am rethinking. And you pause. Rethink I am. Then you state I am, your full name, I am. So I'll repeat that. And if in your mind you can also repeat that, you'll notice a change in you. So, I am rethinking 
we think I am. I am rethinking. We think I am. I am rethinking. We think I am. I am and state your full name. I am. And notice how you have changed. Notice how everything around you has changed. And if you had a pendulum, you're looking at your personal wavelength, that pendulum will start rotating. It'll rotate at a certain rate when you started. And by the time you stated it three times, that pendulum will rotate much, much, much more rapidly. You're at a higher vibrational level. If you continue repeating it three, six, nine times, you may reach that center of stillness where the pendulum just stops. And you're in that center of stillness. And I think with that, I'll probably stop here because uh, and let you ask some questions. The listeners ask some questions. I can talk more and these talks and go for hours, but I think, and there's other ways, other affirmations. If you go to jerryjin.com, there's a whole series of affirmations. Another affirmation, I just mentioned it, that I, I often use. I can say, I am inviting thoughts within thoughts within thoughts to rethink with me. And then you repeat that, I'm inviting thoughts within thoughts within thoughts to rethink with me. You get to that three, six, nine times, and you'll get there because you are thoughts. And I abbreviate that uh, most of the time for myself because when I do it, I just say, I am thoughts within thoughts within thoughts. I am, I'll say that. With, with six thoughts and with nine thoughts after the three, and I'm there. And I could uh, bring the vibrational energy of the world a little bit higher by making other statements uh, of uh, I, I am love, harmony, gratitude, light, life, forgiveness, compassion, Tranquility, humility, happiness, joy, wisdom, oneness, inner peace. I am. Then I state my name. And you're bringing your energies into the world. Or I could start it with saying, I maintain support. uh, and say the same, exactly the same words. Uh, and you bring these words into the realm of consciousness for mankind. And you set these words out into the world. And I, I do that on a daily basis because I think it's important to, to do. Uh, and raising the levels of consciousness is important. And that's how we will raise the sea of consciousness to a higher level. So and that's really the reason that I do these things and give these talks and write my books. And, uh, yeah, my books uh, are now in Audible also. They're both 
will be there. I think the audible of the seeker and the teacher of light will probably be out in the next, uh, within the next week or so. Um, but the uh, subtle energies, science, subtle energies, uh, and spirituality of Pat's I Am is, is out there now in Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, uh, uh, books.org, etc. So, uh, and but that's basically what I'm uh, teaching. It's uh, I'm not trying to make money out of these books or anything because that's something that's difficult to do. I just want the message out there that this is who you are. And, well, uh, very nice. You know, know the... Les says that daily. <laughs> his books say that <laughs> all the time. I love his books. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the, the the idea that our word is our wand, that our uh, the the consciousness, the you could say divine consciousness behind our words, is is our wand and. And in order for our, if you take the idea that it's done unto you as you believe, Jerry, I think your books, your material is a, a portal, a pathway for our minds to understand the power of our words. So I, I really appreciate the the conversation we've had tonight the um your books i i know there's a lot more material in you and uh um but i th- i think we've done a, a a nice episode here w- within a context that's useful t- for the audience so i want to i want to really thank you for your intention and and taking the the time and the effort to write these books so you can take the wisdom that you've gained over the decades of studying something that is so subtle that it might be elusive to the rest of us, and you're bringing a context to it. So I want to thank you for doing that. We're, We're pretty much out of time, but... I just want to applaud the work that you're doing, and uh, I've really enjoyed this episode with you tonight. Wonderful. I enjoyed being here, and I enjoy your inviting me uh, to give this talk. Uh, So thank you. We've been talking with Dr. Jerry Jinn, and the topic tonight has been the title of his book, Science Subtle Energies and Spirituality, A Path to I Am. The the wisdom behind this, because what we're, we're, we're talking about a modality here that helps us tap a eternally present vehicle of information as far as what kind of food, um, I, I think the the power of this material really is a reflection of the power of our consciousness, the power of our persona, which is what this show is all about. I I really like episodes that demonstrate to our mind, to our ego, 
the not-so-obvious aspects of the nature of creation. Um, Jerry mentioned uh, Walter Russell. I, too, am a fan of Walter Russell. If you like Nikola Tesla, look into Walter Russell. (laughs) Uh, He uh, he has a very uh, intuitive way of conveying um, so much information, very very similar to... Um, our guest tonight, Jerry. So we've run out of time. I want to thank you, the listener. You have shown up for yourself. And that's what makes change. When you take the time to craft, to hone with your intention, who you are, you're in the intention of your life and the focus of of what you intend to create, that's the vehicle itself. Anywho, I'm your host, Les Jensen. It's this this podcast is a great great joy of mine and I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Until next time. You've been listening to a New Human Living broadcast. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Let me ask you a question. How many times during today, this day, has your heart and soul had direct communication with you? Our egos, left unchecked, will easily consume all of our thoughts and consciousness as we go throughout the day where we really are living an ego-led life. But our ego cannot even comprehend the vision our soul has for us. If you want to increase your personal power, make space throughout your day for your heart and soul to inspire you. Citizen King, The New Age of Power is a book I wrote just for that. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening.